evening, good evening, good evening, Baltimore and the surrounding areas. This is your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery of Man in the Mirror, and we are excited tonight. We're excited. I know we left you guys with the show last week um, with Michelle's first show on when we actually um, interviewed her a few years ago, way back in 2014. If I'm correct, wow, in October this year, four years, or my, I can't count. She'll tell you that. I can't count. We'll figure it out. But um, it, we left you guys last week with Michelle's first show, you know, how everybody, and that's how she actually got into, you know, being on Man in the Mirror. So I'll start off again. Welcome back to the show, Michelle. How are you? You're trying to get me together. We are doing good. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get you together. Had the had the wrong person on there, but that's okay. Welcome back to the show. It's one of those days, and I do apologize for a show we had a few weeks ago. We had a little technical difficulties for those who couldn't actually hear all of the show. I got to apologize because um, I didn't know there was a little feedback that was going in, but we'll just make sure that that never happens again. But yes, you know, we left off last week with a show that Michelle had did, and everybody, you know, enjoyed that show. So that's how she ended up becoming part of this dynamic duel of, you know, on Man in the Mirror. And tonight's show I'm excited about because we are talk, we're having a post-Father's Day show. And I did a little research, you know, about Father's Day, you know, and we we all had our Father's Day. Um, I have a buddy on tonight. He'll be coming in because he gave me some information about that I didn't even know. Because it's always good to talk to other people because you know, you know, I, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. So it's always good to you know talk to other people. Um, I call I call him Doctor Thomas Farr. You know, he he's deacon, so deacon, doctor, pastor. You know, soon to be. Thomas Farr, so he's on tonight. He's going to be helping us out with some insight about fathers because, you know, even though we have Father's Day, it's always good to have a post-Father's Day show, you know, because Father's Day is, you know, just as important as Mother's Day. Some of us, some people don't think so, but we'll definitely get into that. And um, if you want to chime in, or, you know, just, you know, chime in, press number one on your phone, and we will... I'm actually let you come in and give us your comments and stuff. But as always, let us start off in prayer. The gracious Heavenly Father, we just bow down as humble servants. Lord, thank you, Lord, for lying down. Lord, thank you, Lord, for waking up this morning. Lord, thank you, Lord, for traveling mercies over the busy highways and byways. Lord, we thank you, Lord, even for the rain, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for fathers, Lord. Fathers are important. We thank you, Lord, for mothers. They're important. We thank you, Lord, for family because you created the family, Lord. When you created Adam and Eve, you created, they were the first family, Lord. So we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this show, for all those who are going to chime in, for all those who are going to actually listen to it, Lord, and for the learning and the wisdom that goes on tonight. And we will always give you praise, honor, and glory. We ask all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. And a little insight about today's show. All the holidays that we have in America, the one that we really don't make a lot of hoopla's about is Father's Day. We have Christmas when all the kids expect their gifts from Santa, if you believe in him. We have Valentine's when all the lovers, husband, and wives exchange gifts to show their love towards each other. And we have the biggest one throughout the year, Mother's Day. Mother's Day is the day that we pay homage to all the mothers around the world for childbearing, cooking, and taking care of the family. But there's one person that sometimes gets neglected in the family, and that's dad. Jesus' father, Joseph, became a step-parent even when he wasn't ready for it, but he, but it came. He was told, hey, you're going to be a dad of the Son of God. Could you imagine a look on his face and what was going on in his head? Well, being a father is sometimes overlooked because we have always stepped up to it, just like Joseph did, and and be their dad, father, stepdad, stepfather, or pop-pop. Whatever they call you, we have to step up. Is it easy? Nope, because America doesn't really understand what a father is. 
So I'm going to open it up like that. That's just what I'm going to do. I'm just going to put it out there. You know, I got a couple things, scriptures that I looked at. Um, I have Thomas Far, Deacon Thomas Far on the line. But I'm going um, to let you start off, Michelle. I'm going to let you start off. You know, what was Father's Day? This is post-Father's Day. Is anything that I said, you know, familiar, unfamiliar, truthful, untruthful? What do, what do, what's on your mind? Well, I, I do agree that there's a bigger deal sometimes made about Mother's Day than Father's Day. And, you know, that is sad, and I, I I don't really know why that is. I could go really philosophical and talk about how, you know, there are a lot of single woman households, and the father is kind of, you know, some places he's there, some places he's not. So there's always a larger emphasis on, on uh, Mother's Day. But, I mean, I don't know if that's really it. So I, I won't say that, but uh, I do notice the difference. I do notice the difference, but I think, you know, that we definitely should celebrate the man because even um, like you were talking about, even though you may end up not being a biological father to someone, you can still step into that role and should still be celebrated just the same because, you're still, you know, nurturing that child, providing love to that child, um, some people providing financially for the child, you know, so you're you're still stepping into that role. And so you should get all the recognition. And then some people are just role models or mentors or father figures, and it's nothing wrong with giving them, giving them that, you know, recognition as well when we're celebrating. But, of course, we want to give the recognition to our Holy Father uh, because he is definitely, you know, a father to us. He he does everything that a physical or natural father does for us. He can provide for us. He can help us. He can listen to us. Anything that a, a natural father can do, you know, God can do as well. And, um, you know, the word even talks about how, you know, he's a father to the fatherless. Um, children and so you know we we definitely should celebrate him at that time as, as well and I don't think a lot of people do that or think about that during Father's Day. Amen, amen, amen. There was something that I found and uh, let me keep it. Let me and you know I'm gonna read it and then I'm gonna actually bring in. Um, Bring in Deacon Farr because I know he's going to he's going to line and he's going to help us out a little bit tonight because it's all in just getting the information out there, having some fun and talking about it because, like you said, fathers don't get the recognition. They they more you know they think more of the mother than they think of the father. The family structure is the most important thing. It takes two, basically, even though there may be one, but it takes two to actually bring the family structure together because that's how God established it way back in the beginning of the world. And I found an article that said, A Challenge for Fathers, and they're taking it taken from Psalm 78, 1 to 8. The role of mom is pretty well recognized by everyone, including the secular world, as vital to the family. But for some reason, fathers have been regulated to the position of second-class citizen, especially in our day with the active feminist movement. A well-known feminist leader has gone so far to say fathers are a biological necessity but a psychological absurdity. From the standard of God's word and the evidence of a great deal of research that has been done recently, such a statement is an absurdity. Dads have a vital role in bringing strength and stability to the home. Actually, both mom and dad bring ingredients into the home that are crucial to the spiritual and emotional stability of the home. Together, they bring a blend of femininity and masculinity 
which in many ways reveal the image of God. These two influences together, especially when they are the product of godly parents, are vital forces in shaping spirituality and psychology health, psychologically healthy children. Today, children who live in a single-parent home have increased 300%, but even with when both parents are physically present, the father and sometimes the mother are well are often spiritually and psychologically absent. This couple with other factors have devastating results on the family. This coupled, I'm sorry, with other factors have had a devastating results on the family. Wow, since nineteen sixty three, that's a good year, violent crime has increased over five hundred percent. Illegitimate births have increased 400%. Divorces have increased 400%. Children living in single-parent homes have increased 300%. Teenage suicides have increased 200%. SAT scores have dropped over 80 points despite huge increases in support for education. Another alarming statistic is that crime among very young 7- 12-year-olds has increased in a whooping, a whooping 60% in just the last few years. Why has this happened? There are many reasons. But one of the major causes is a breakdown in the home, and this including the failure of fathers to take the responsibility for the spiritual leadership of the family according to the guidelines of the word, giving, loving, serving, caring, and strong leadership. Scripture and history shows us that as that as goes, I'm sorry. Scripture and history show us that as goes the home, so goes the society. And generally speaking, as goes the father, so goes the home. The moral and spiritual condition of the society is always the offspring of the family. So, with that said, uh, one more paragraph. William Wordsworth, uh, Wordsworth wrote, "The child." is father of the man, meaning the experiences which occur in the early and formative years of a child's life, the experience of home, shape the character and behavior of tomorrow's adult. And as it is true of the individual, so it becomes true to the entire society, including, of course, its leadership. Notes the emphasis of Psalms. Psalm 127, 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. Verse 2. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat bread of painful labors. For he, go, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. So with that said, I'm going to actually bring on um, Deacon Thomas Farr because he, you know, he's here to help us out, give us a little words of wisdom, and want to see what you know what he has um, come, and then I'm going to get back to you in the show what he has got up listening to what I wrote about how society has changed, you know, since um, you know since we have these challenges of the father, Deacon Farr. Grace and peace, my brother. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. Miss Michelle, how are you? I'm blessed. How are you? Well, we already answered that question. <laughs> All right. Amen. 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 It's good to hear. It's good to hear the combined voices this evening. It's been a while since I've been on the show. I do appreciate it. And, bro, you, you humble me with your uh, accolations in my intro. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy. <laughs> love having you people on the show. Yeah, people know me. They'll say, "Who is he talking? What? I know him. Is that it?" <laughs> no. <laughs> amen. But amen, amen. It's good. It's good to have a good reputation because you know it could it could could go the other way. That brother, I know that brother. He ain't no good brother. So I've been both. So I'm good. I'm happy. I'm humbled. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> Amen. Uh, 
Well, well, look, I'll say this. You know, some of the things you were saying, um, you know, uh, it, it, it's true. I mean, you, it's funny that you picked 1963 in the 60s because the 60s was a time of challenge. If we look back, for those of us who are children and those our elders who are adults then, a lot of changes and things happened in American culture, in culture, in society. And one of them was the feminist movement. One of them was um, the social social service system culture to try to uh, combat poverty. And a lot of things were done in the social services um, arena in the government and the requirements to get assistance to help poor families when there wasn't a lot of jobs and, and you know, it was a different kind of economy and things where and it was a struggle for a lot of big part of the country, especially in the cities. And a lot of laws were put in place that hindered the family and didn't really support the family. Um, and, and, and I think some of that is still, we still feel the effects of that because again, nothing happens in a vacuum and nothing just happens. It's a process, you know, it's a process to how we, our cultures get, gets broke down and how we change people's attitudes because, you know, we could think back, there was a there was a stigma of 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 um, unwed pregnancies. There was a certain stigma, certain peer pressure. You know, it it was it was just wasn't the norm as we could say that it is now, even in this 21st century. So I think that's some of it, and it was the, it was the beginning of the breakdown. And you know, some believe, as you know, some of our more militant brothers out there believe it was on purpose. The African 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 American community, Latino community. You know, brown people, some believe it was on purpose to try to destroy them here in America, which that's neither here or there. But, however, the effects, think, ripple through the generations and the mindsets of people. And I think that that's where the breakdown of fathers, because the value and definition of fathers changed from that uh, supporter, protector, provider, you know, leader of the home, leader of the family, and husband, father was synonymous, and a lot of that was broken down in the culture. And I think that's where we are in a lot of people's mindsets and heartsets. And then, and like you, you touched on it too with the feminist movement. We can go. We that, that's our show right there, because you know, just the, 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 not to say that there were not things that were that were wrong and not done because men weren't doing what they're supposed to do or taking advantage. But however. They at some points, like you said, there's there's historical quotes out there of people attacking the, the the what they used to call the nuclear family, husband, wife, and children. They use they use feminism to attack that, saying that was oppressive for women because women couldn't blossom under the leadership of a male leader and uh, of a father and husband in the home as the uh, the primary leader in the home. So. That's a lot of it, and, and it's historical, and, and it's true, and I think that's part of what it is because even today you can talk to this generation or even some in, in the previous 30 years how they define father, and it all depends where they come from. It all depends on their, on their own personal experience, what father means. It doesn't mean the same thing it used to mean for everybody. It doesn't mean the same thing for everybody. So I, I just, uh, that's, that's my first intake point. What do you say, sir? Well, um, I'm writing down everything you mentioned about because I'm a '60s child. I was born in '63, so it's kind of you know. So I was I was there. Yeah, me too. And I, I was there. '61 child. I, <laughs> and I'm a product of everything we talked about tonight. And I always tell people, anybody can father a child. Any man can father a child. It only takes 30 seconds, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, a nice stand. Anybody can father a child, but it's, but everybody can't be a dad. You know, everybody, you know, we always say everybody wants to, you know, be that child, you know, you know, you know, father a child. But can you be a dad to that child? You know, what are you going to do as a father? I was there, uh, everything that we talked about, everything that we mentioned, my family, my, me, my mother, and my brother, we went through that. You know, the social services, the different, you know, the different kind of the, the, uh, crazy economy right now, you know, unwed, you know, pregnancies, a lot of that was going on, everything that we talked about. But, you know, everybody wants to be a father, but everybody can't because we have to start with the man, you know, and the Bible tells the man what to do, how to act when you know, God introduced man Adam to Eve, 
he said, you know, this is this is yours. But we, you know, Satan has obscured everything that goes on between the relationship between a man and women that we have, as you mentioned, those unwed pregnancies. You know, I can, you know, I can, you know, do what I want. But then, what are we thinking about when that unwed, when that pregnancy comes out? What are you thinking about that child? How does that, you know, how does that child, that child has to grow up? Back then, we call them bastard. Basically, if you don't have a father, I'm gonna keep it real. You know, you're a bastard child. Some families go through that. But again, the children. You know, I remember reading a book. There's no such thing as a. It'll come to me, but um, one of these pastors said we always talk about the children and unwanted child. It was the parents that. There's no such thing as an illegitimate child. It was the parents that are illegitimate because they got together and had this child, and then now you have this child that's in this world that it wasn't his fault. And uh, you know, a preacher, a great preacher, said that in one of his books, and I and I and I had to really think about that because again, if you're going to be a father, step up to the plate, do what you're supposed to do. You know, even though it didn't come out the way it's supposed to, we need fathers. That's what we're talking about. Who's the real fathers? You know, you know, even though we're talking about, hey, the fathers don't get that much, you know, they don't get that much, you know, kudos as we should. But we have, I like to look at it all the way around. I'm going to keep it honest. Are you going to, if you're a stepfather, you're a real father. You know, I, I read something, someone said online, I'm not the stepdad, I'm the dad that steps up. Because many <laughs> fathers don't play the role that they're supposed to do. So instead of being well, a stepfather, um, oh. you the dad. Go ahead. Well, you know, as as we do this and we talk about fatherhood, we have to, like you said, we if, if we're going to be honest and true in this conversation and we go back, we're going back, we have to talk about even, you know, the, 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 the culture that produced the premarital sex, the relevance of it. That, you know, folk would, you know, because, again, it goes back to the breakdown. You you go back to, right, you're right, Satan wanted to destroy the family. And doing that, it, it was a continual moral breakdown. It was even because it was a time, even if, if someone engaged in premarital sex, both families encouraged them to get married and build a family and move forward. You don't mm-hmm. even see that. If you don't see the families go in and, put, and, and, and engage in the two, the, 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 um, the young woman and the man together and say, you know, we, we, you can do this, but you need to come together. You need to build a family because you crossed that line. But we don't even see that day, nowadays. And then, again, we have to understand, we're going to, you know, really talk about, we have to say that there's, there's you know, we overcome by our lust, our desires, our sexual desires, because, again, this is not only this is in the church and outside the church. So there's also a breakdown there that's become and it's not, and at some and at some point from 1963 to even now at 20 what are we 2018 we know that out here in premarital sex is it's a norm now it's a norm it's a norm we have media we have actresses singers artists all these famous people quote unquote in the media who are having children just having children not getting married so it's a norm it's acceptable. It's not criticized. If you say anything at any level, you definitely have to get a politician. And men of God are preaching all kinds of other things, but we're not preaching morality anymore. So it's, it's a battle. But now it's, it's, we're at the point now in the culture where it's a norm. And with that becoming the norm, it's less than the father. Because, again, like you said, the thing you said about that, um, a real man's a father and a dad. It, 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 again, that, those words were never separate in definition. They were the same thing. You see what I'm saying? So even in that, we started to, we want to divide what a father is and a dad is, but it was a time in the culture that it was the same thing. Dad was a dad was an affectionate, affectionate way of saying father from his children. Father was a role. Dad was just that was someone who that would come from his offspring as a, as a title as a title of affection. Now we got it to the point we want to separate the two. And that's part of the problem. And then, and then the other thing, I'll stop after this, but we have to understand that because this thing, like you said, if we go back to 1963, now we're battling a generations of folk 
didn't have two parent families, and for them, they don't they see that as abnormal. They see that as normal, so now they don't think they can do. Because remember, now if we to be honest, because we always we talk on Father's Day, we want to put the man on the spot. Last time I checked, it took a coming together of two. So, and 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 we talk about illegitimacy and mistakes and all that, but. It took an agreement of two people who thought they was the passionate love, but they didn't understand what that was, their immaturity and what it means in commitment and relationship. It was a casual thing, and the child was conceived, but neither one of them wanted to step up because even the mothers of the children was not ready to commit to that brother. Even if he stood, they wasn't ready to go get married and commit to him for the rest of his life, and they knew that in the beginning. So, you see what I'm saying? So, you know, we always get to this father's day about men not stepping up. The women who 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 who, uh, who birthed these children had no intention at all to be a wife and take a husband and come under his leadership and submit to him and be his wife for the rest of his life. She had no intention. So we have to remember that also. And so when once that's there and then the culture and what happens to society and the social service system, it makes them real easy to not have to be bothered with him no more. Go ahead, brother. I'm done. Wow. Wow, you done started a whole new show right there. <laughs> hey, well, any comments in the show before we go on break? Oh, man. Come was, back and finish that statement. I know. It was so much that he said, and, and it's so much that I agree with. I, I mean, this is, the issue is really is, is huge, and it's, it's uh, systemic. So, you know, it's playing out from way back. Like, he, you know, you said, we were talking, you, you guys were talking about the 60s and everything. I wasn't born back then, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I knew that was coming sooner or later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> we can talk about it, And structure and 
you know, we end up with what we have now. So I, I think it's a lot of background to it. I think it's it's multiple breakdowns that have been over the years, and we end up where we are now, which is, is very sad, really, because, you know, women are now in a mindset that they don't even need the man, which is a huge error. That's a huge mistake when women feel like they don't need the man in the family. So, you know... We're going to we're going we're going to stop off at that point because yeah. we had to have fun. But the, what came to my mind is when you said that, and then we'll talk a little bit more after the break. It says, "I like how you said generational curses, and man's expendable." So you know, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to be honest. It's like y'all saying, that, you know, women are like black widows. The black widow spider, after she mates, she gets she kills off the man. She doesn't use things what he wanted. <laughs> And she kills him off, so he's you know he's expendable. So, um, but we oh, really you gonna go on a break after we'll... that, huh? You gonna go on a break after that, huh? That's good, bro. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. Well, we'll catch you after the break. <laughs> All right. Oh my. I knew that was, you know, that she, it just, bumped, as soon as she said it, it just bumped in my head. I'm sorry. But, um, you know, a few notes from our supporters, music instruction, all our learners, where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 443-574-5491 and set up an appointment to talk to our instructors. And also another sponsor is Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Curvy Chicks are boss chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curvy Boss Project. And I have a good song for to, you know, that's going to commemorate this, how God is a good, good father.
And then our ever so beloved Michelle came on and just mentioned everything. She mentioned systemic, you know, things that came back from the week. All this comes back from times of slavery, how they were putting things in our mind just to separate people. She mentioned about generational curses. And, um, and again, we go back because we talked about over 55 years of this, and this is what I mentioned to you too. This is 55 years. That's, that's over, that's a lot, you know, 55 years since it started in history, as they say it started in 63. But this is over 55 years of the same thing going on and on. Um, and, again, they think, man, we're talking about man being the dad, but now we're saying men are expendable. And I made my little side joke, you know, Women, you know, after the man, if man's expendable, like women are like the black widows, you know, after they, you know, you know, impregnate them, they, you know, they kill off, kill off the, you know, spider so they can raise the kids all by themselves. But that was my little side joke. So, guys, what are we talk? What are we going to move on now? Because I wanted, to, I'm going to let you guys talk, either of you, you know, on the speaking for well, let me let me let me interject this. Um, I, I don't remember how long you show it, but I do want to say, you know, even in the midst of the post Father's Day, we have to encourage the brothers who are pressing in. We have to encourage those brothers who are doing what they can, the best they can, and and and, and continue in because it, it's only going to change. I mean, it may not change culturally, but it can change in your house. It can change from the, the fam your family, your in your circle, your your nephews, cousins, nieces, your your you know, our brother, my brothers and sisters, our biological family, the next generation of young men that we have an influence over. We have to encourage them, even if they come from a single parent or a mother only at home. We have to encourage them as they mature to grow in the importance mm-hmm. and the things and let them and because even even in, in that we have young men who are who whatever, reason. they haven't been shaped and molded with male role models. So we have to encourage that in the next generation to turn it around. I mean, we're not going to, again, we're not going to be able to, um, again, it took 55 years to get here. So it's going to take a generational, it's going to take one at a time. And also for those brothers out there who who are in the midst of struggling, even in the midst of Father's Day, we want to also also encourage and wish them a happy Father's Day. Continue doing what you're doing, and and because that that's the other piece too. You know, sometimes as men, as as, as husbands and fathers and sons, we don't get you know it, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to encourage some brothers and what he's doing the best he can do. Another part that we have to understand too. Even from generations past, um, some of us, some fathers and men, they did the best they could with what they did. And and I think part of this the, the systemic and ongoing issue is there's great expectation put on fathers that they, we can't even stand up to. Because you never had a father, so you come up with a fantasy father, and when he doesn't meet that fantasy because you never had none, you had none to measure it or gauge it against, then any slip, failure, or shortcoming is seen as a great failure because apparently somebody else's father is like it better than yours. What do you say? So. Right, right. I'm glad you brought that up. And that, again, that could be another show right there. But when you never had a father, you don't have a blueprint. You really don't have, you know, car makers have blueprints. Um, you know, when you're putting stuff together, most, most men don't even look at the thing. They just say, I see it, I can put it together. But when you don't have a blueprint, you're you're taking it day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, because you're 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 trying to be that super dad. And then when you slip up, it's like the world. <gasps> okay, well, you know, none of us are perfect. And I love how you said that. You know, if you don't, if you never had any, a role model to look at, you look at your other friends' families. You were jealous of them when they were growing up because their dad was there. But when you don't have a blueprint, and it's time for you to be a father. Is it's not always going to be easy because again you didn't have something to look at so you can say well I want to be just like my dad or I want to be just like my father so um, that's a that's a good point um, and we and we just have to encourage those fathers you know and the word will if we get if they get into the word if we get into the word the word tells us how to be those fathers 
that God wants us to be. You can't look at the world and say try to be the father that you know, you know, the world wants us to be. We have to be the father that God wants us to be. Is it easy? No. Especially for those who are with combined families, you know, when you come in with the stepdads and, you know, you don't know you're you're getting into a whole different ball realm of children that have never been around you and then now you're all joined together to become a family. And now you got and, and I always laugh and you two probably gonna laugh like we and sometimes today I think about we need a book on parenting. <laughs> you know, something that help you out. But, you know, because maybe because I'm a reader, so if I can read some directions or somehow to do this parenting thing, you know, help a brother out sometime. Any comments, Michelle? Actually, I wanted to to kind of chime in on on one of the, you know, points that were made about, well, actually expand on it a little bit more about, you know, this is the fathers, you know, some some of them have messed up, they're missing, like whatever, whatever happened, the, something between the mother and the father, but for whatever reason, they, they're not there. And I just wanted to say, you know, one of my experiences, my personal experience is that my my father, he was he was part of that cycle. So, you know, him and my mom had me when they were young. They never got married. They broke up. And, you know, he was in and he was kind of in and mostly out. <laughs> he was a telephone dad, you know, calling you know, say hey and happy birthday and things like that. So, you know, I, I went through that. That was my experience. And so I was one of those people that I I felt fatherless, you know, during that time because my dad, he really wasn't there. And so, you know, I had the the experience of being able to regain a relationship with my father at the, you know, the um, adult part of my life. And that was actually a really, like, it was a huge blessing. I, I didn't realize how huge of a blessing that it was. Because when my father came back into my life, between, you know, me and my sister, definitely, I guess because we were the girls, he really, really doted on us. Like all that, you know, my baby's my princess kind of a thing and, and, you know, the dynamic that that some fathers had with their daughters, we got that, but it was in, in the later part of our life. And he, you know, he would come and take us out. He would spend time with us. He would, you know, tell us that we were beautiful. He would just, he was just there. He would call us, talk to us, and just try to be around as much as he could. And, um, you know, that experience, being able to experience my dad like that up until the time that he passed away, you know, that, that was a, it was just a really huge blessing for me. So the damage that had been done in the past, I really felt like it, it was corrected because he, that's how strongly he came in my life. So the point I wanted to make with telling that story is, you know, for any, anybody who was listening to this show, for our readers, you you can't, I think some of these fathers, they become embarrassed after a time that they haven't been there. And so they don't ever come back because they're embarrassed or their children are upset with them, um, you know, because they've been missing or been gone or it's been a, a, friction, a sort of friction, uh, some friction in the relationship with the mom. And so that caused them not to be able to see the child. All sorts of things have been happening. And so I really wanted to say, you know, to the dad, it is never too late to come back and try to repair that damage and not to actually just give up because that's what I see a lot of fathers doing is giving up. But, you know, I've been blessed to know fathers who, have, you know, gone through court battles, everything, because they wanted to make sure they were in their children's lives. They never gave up. And, you know, no matter what was going on, a lot of situations may have happened, but they just never gave up. And so I encourage 
fathers to, you know, to do that, to to not continue to let the time pass because you just can never know the impact that your presence, no matter how late it is in your child's life, you know, how your presence can make a difference and be a blessing to your child, definitely. So I just wanted to put that out there because that was something that was kind of heavy on my heart when you guys were thinking because I think a lot of fathers, they they give up after a certain time. Like I haven't seen them in two years, I, and, I, you know, I guess I just won't see them kind of thing, and that and that's that's terrible. Any comments? Yeah, I, you know, yes, I agree. I agree because it it can be humbling. You know, like like um, mm-hmm. it's just it's just show saying it, it it's. It, I even know men now in their fifties who are connecting with their twenty five, thirty year old kid because once they get into adulthood, it seems easier. But then it, it's a humbling. It is humbling because you know it's 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 a lot. It's the anger. It's the you know you weren't there and all this other stuff, but. You know, you you have to, you have first. I think every man, like you said, every father out there, when your children get a certain age, now you have to be able to withstand the first wave of resentment, anger, whatever, mm-hmm. and yeah. you have to because you have to get past that. It's not. I'm not going to say that it's all going to go well, but mm-hmm. for a man of God, first I say that you would pray and then you would start the process. Or oh, man, it, it, even if you have a heart for it, because if you have a heart to reach out to your children after so many years, it's God moving upon your heart. But then you have to understand, you're going to have to withstand that raft, that rage, that was all that, and try and get and work past that. Because it's not going to be an instant thing, I'm your dad, hi, how you doing, type thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that's where we can encourage one another. We can, you know, reach out. And, brother, if you're trying to do it, you know, don't try and do it alone. If you're a man of God, for those who are listening, if you're a man of God and you're part of a church, reach out to your male leadership, your pastors, your deacons, to get some support with it, and and then and work the process, and don't expect miracle healing. You know what I'm saying? Because it's going to be a process. Because if they're a certain age, they already they have their own life. They survived this long. Unfortunately, they survived this long without your relationship. So if you're going to build one, you can't build on them relationship like they were the last time you seen them they were five, ten, six year old. But you can't come to them and they're twenty five and thirty years old. So you know what I'm saying? And you have but you have mm-hmm. to you have to be in a place of maturity and humility to try and help. But it can happen. And because I, I, I've known men who are doing that. So that's what I say about encouraging because he's think everything can be healed. Everything can be, can, can be forgiven under the right circumstances. And then again for the again the body of Christ, we know what God can do in all circumstances. And and if we, we know that it can but we have to be able to we have to be able to go through the process. So I like I say was like the sister Michelle is saying, I encourage a brother, if it's on your heart to do, do it, use wisdom, be patient and then pray. And then you never know because, you know, it may be it may take five or ten years. But if you did it with a sincere heart, you know, it, it it'll be on it somehow, some way down the road. You know, you may not become, you know, whatever, pop, pop, whatever you want, but somehow, somewhere the relationship is going to be healed, and it could bring healing, because remember, it could bring healing for your children and then their children. Mm-hmm. So that's on. sometimes you have to think about that, too. If you can bring some sort of healing for them, it'll help for that next generation of your grandchildren. That There's just a little bit of healing. Even if it comes up to this, there's a picture in the house of you, and then your then your child can tell your grandchildren about you, and they can say something about you. You know what I mean? And, and that that's what we have to we have to think bigger, and we have to think generational in all of this when we look when we look for healing and, and reconciliation. What do you say, brother, sister? Well, you guys got me stumped because I'm actually went through similar to what um, Michelle went through. My mother passed away in 1996 when I was 33 years old. And that's, unfortunately, that's when my father tried to be a father at that moment. But in my heart, and I'm honest, that I was bitter, you know, bitter, angry, going through the mourning process, you know, everything that a young, a male adult child would go through. 
But unfortunately, him and I never got that chance to fix that because, and, you know, she died in August, and then he passed away of a heart attack the same year um, in December. So when you think back, it's like you would have, would have, should have, could have, but we can't. You know, those regrets. But it, it's just, it's, and that's why, you know, like she said, she had that chance, he had that chance. And you said it may take time for, but we don't know what tomorrow holds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to be careful. Is it going to be, is it hard? Yes, it's hard. Because he was trying to probably make recompense. But at that moment in my life, the bitterness was there, you know, the anger, everything, all the emotions were just there. And it wasn't the right time for us at that, at that time in my life to try to fix this thing. But, um, and wow. uh, like you said, Deacon, uh, it may take a minute, but unfortunately, you know, we, we don't know what tomorrow holds. You know, he tried to reach out, but we don't know what tomorrow holds. And, we, you know, I probably would, you know, if we can go back, you know, if he had a few more years, we, you know, I would say we probably would have tried to fix it. But again, we don't know what tomorrow holds because who knew that four months later, he and within the same year, four months and seventeen days, he would pass of a heart attack. We don't know. But um, yeah, so we all have those experiences. Yes, but a father, you know, today's show was about post post Father's Day show that fathers are important. You know, as much as we have Mother's Day. As much as we have Valentine's Day, that that father was sh- structured through the Bible and the Bible. It was structured because God is the father and Jesus is the son. So, and we're to follow those examples of Adam and Eve because God put that there. We got to realize that, yes, Satan has came, come to seek, destroy, and he's destroying that foundation of the parenting. And he's making fathers look bad. And as we said in the beginning of the show, you know, fathers aren't needed. But, yes, they are. We're winding down to our last couple minutes. So we had our buddy here speaking time as far. Any closing remarks as we're winding down? No, sir, I'm good, brother. Just I appreciate it and, 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 and bless you, too, and, 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 you, and what's going on in your lives and and then just I encourage you, man. I appreciate you giving me a call. Some Fridays I'm I'm out committed running, but he was able to connect and I'll come on. And like I say, you always open to my show. You know my show is on Saturdays and and uh, nine o'clock in the morning. You can always call in and be part of that. So we gotta keep connected yeah, because remember we are we are the products of C Maria. <laughs> Amen. We are connected, and so, co- you know, we got to stay. Amen. We are connected. <laughs> Amen. We are connected. Any closing- <laughs> Amen. Any closing remarks, Michelle? Oh, I just think this was a, a really good topic. Um, definitely could probably be a, a whole nother show. <laughs> uh, so maybe that's something to think about. But, yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, I, I just thank God for the fathers who have sat back, even those who have come back into their children's lives to to try to, you know, mend what was broken in the past. And, and I just thank God for God and for being the best father of all and for those um, people, young and old, who did not have their father around. If you did not have your natural father around, the best thing to do is, is lean into God. Because he can be your your father, your spiritual father, and he can bless you in ways you just can't imagine in your mind and in your heart um, to to release that pain and uh, and move forward. So that's all I wanted to say. Amen. 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 I'd like to thank all of you who have been listening tonight and helping us out with our post-Father's Day show. Fathers are important, too. This was a show because we were all in his sight. We are all important. Thank you guys so much for your love and support of Man in the Mirror. 
And I'm not even going to say anything else. This is Hezekiah L. Montgomery signing off. And as always, we'll see you at the mirror. Overcome.